where we will talk about and share all things Ayurveda, yoga, and meditation. So grateful that you're here. Hello, hello, welcome back. Uh, I am so grateful that you're here for our episode number two. And I'm going to take this one exactly like I did the one before. And we're just going to go with the flow and go with the rhythm. Yes, I've got Toski here right next to me. And there's a really good chance that he's probably going to do some barking. But we're going to see what happens. And just take this with the flaws and the bumps that come along. So my hope today for dropping in here is to talk to you to begin with a little bit about Ayurveda. And so the title of this podcast, Rooted and Wild, with yoga, Ayurveda, meditation, and some herbalism all woven in together. But that word Ayurveda probably is new to a lot of listeners out there. And Ayurveda and yoga both originated in India. And you can trace back yoga and Ayurveda for thousands and thousands of years. Lots of books, lots of text out there, so much to learn and to listen to. And I always say that once you dive in, it's just like scratching the surface and There are so many directions and so many ways that you can go to gain more knowledge. So Ayurveda is the meaning of life. Ayur means the meaning of life. And Veda is knowledge. So Ayurveda is literally the knowledge of life. It's how to live life in the best possible way. And it's really going back to the basics. Some people that have studied Ayurveda a bit can be scared away because they believe that there are so many rules to follow and so many ways that you can take this as right or wrong. And that is true with some of the lineages that you study. I studied with Katie Silcox and the Shakti School. I feel like I couldn't have made a better choice for myself because she really teaches Ayurveda from that feminine form. And we talked about that a little bit last time, like the masculine, the feminine, not having anything to do with male, female, but that masculine and feminine that live within all of us. And she teaches Ayurveda from that feminine form, that divine feminine that lives with in every single one of us. And I loved the way that she taught it. And it resonated with me so much that I jumped into level one and I jumped into level two. And one of the best choices that I've made, because I do agree with her in that going back to the basics, 
coming back to our true selves is one of the best ways that we can heal. Ayurveda has its roots in the five elements. And so we have earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And we think about the elements that are all around us in nature. And those elements also are within us. And like everything, they can become out of balance. And what also I love about Ayurveda is there's maybe not necessarily a right and a wrong. So sometimes you may think of, oh, what's the herb that I need to take to help me with this issue that I'm having? And that herb might work well for some people and it might not work well for others. And so what Ayurveda does is it gives us the opportunity to look at ourselves individually and to figure out what do I need? Because what I need is different than what my neighbor needs and my colleague at work because we're all made up differently. So the feminine form part of Ayurveda lets you look at yourself. It lets you look at the root cause of some imbalances that you're feeling. And it also lets you look at the part where you're not always that problem that needs to be solved, but it's just coming into that balance and coming into that harmony. What I notice a lot um, being a yoga teacher and is that people feel stress and, and anxiety. And I can't say it's now more than ever because we know that it's obviously always been around. But since we have all experienced the pandemic of 2020, the stress, the anxiety is here in my mind more than it has been before. So right now it's winter and we call this in Ayurveda the Vata season. And the Vata season is the elements of ether and air. It's that time of year when everything is drying out. And all you have to do is look outside to see that. You see the trees are bare. The wind is whipping around. We feel dry on our skin. We feel dry within ourselves. And so we try to come into balance within our physical body of what are some things that we could do Ayurvedically to help balance out this Vata season. Also balancing out some of this anxiety and stress that we are feeling and It's going to be different for everyone, but we can also look at what is nature trying to tell us. So since it's this time of drying out and the wind is whipping, it's cold, we think about the opposites. And so the opposite of cold is heat. It's warm. 
So if we think about the foods, instead of this time of year diving into a cold salad, a cold smoothie, what we want to do is we want to bounce that out a little bit and we want to invite in things that are warm and nourishing like soups and stews. We want to incorporate more oils since it's this time of year that things are really dry. So Ayurveda doesn't always have to be hard. It doesn't have to be following these really strict rules. And you can lean into finding that balance for what is working for you. And what is working for you at this time might not be what's working for your neighbor or your colleague, but we can all lean into what nature is trying to teach us right now. And with that being said, we can also notice that the stress and the tension and the anxiety that you might be feeling is also felt by the people that are around you. They're going through the same thing and you're not alone. So what are some ways that you can work on, try, lean into easing some of that tension and easing some of that anxiety that you might be feeling for many different reasons. So I like to go back to, and I like to think about, you know, what has worked for me and share some of those things with you. In Ayurveda, we talk a lot about going back to who you were when you were young and how far out of balance you might feel from that young person so many years ago. When I think about stress and when I think about tension and anxiety and when I take that all the way back to when I was young, what sticks out in my mind most of all was when I was in elementary school and my parents decided to separate So I was an only child with my mom and dad. We lived in this rural town in the center of the state of Michigan and lived on a dirt road. And I was about in the fifth grade when my dad and mom decided that their relationship needed to go down different paths. But at that exact moment, um, of course, as a young person, you feel like your world is crumbling around you. So I would come home from school in those first few months and my mom worked. She worked full time, a single mom now. And I'd get home from school before she was out of work. And I always had to get off the bus and come inside, call her, let her know that I was home. And, um, you know, she would be home a couple hours later. But for those first few months when I felt that sense of quiet in the house, a sense of emptiness since my dad had left 
and there wasn't that energy of that full component of a family any longer. The house felt quiet and uh, was a place where I didn't really want to sit for those next two hours until my mom got home. And so what I would do is I would grab my dog and we would go out into the woods. We would climb trees and walk in the fields and sit in the sun and listen to the birds. And even though that space was also quiet, it also felt really, really nourishing and nourishing for my soul and nourishing for my spirit and that I wasn't alone when I was out in nature. And so I tell you that story because being in nature is what worked for me and what helped to ease some of that anxiety, tension, and stress that I was feeling. We hear a lot of times, you know, to ease tension and stress, like incorporating meditation into our lives. And sometimes folks think that meditation isn't for them because they just can't sit still long enough. But meditation doesn't have to be sitting on a mat. It can be sitting in a tree. It can be sitting outside in the sunshine with your eyes wide open and listening to the birds and feeling the wind on your skin because that is also a form of meditation. And what works for you might not work for the person next to you. And that is when we come back to the root, coming back to who we are and who we were meant to be. For me, nature was the very, very best medicine for me at that time. And nowadays, because I'm 52 years old, almost in March, I'll be 52. You know, nowadays we have so many distractions around us, like our phones, technology, streaming, binge watching things online, Netflix. I'm not saying that those things are bad, but probably um, if I was a young person and all of those things were accessible to me, I'm sure I would have turned to those. It would have been a lot easier to sit in the house and scroll on my phone and go through Instagram and binge watch a series until my mom got home. But because I grew up in a time when that wasn't accessible, going out into nature really became my medicine. And that truly is something that I still lean on today. What I like to think about is that we can't change all of our life circumstances, but we can adjust our reaction to them. And so going out and sitting in nature, finding that sacred pause, finding that medicine for my soul and my spirit was the way that I adjusted to that tension that I was feeling. And still now, going out into nature is one of my favorite things to do. And whenever things start to arise or there are issues, things that I need to make some big decisions on, taking a walk out in nature 
is exactly, I know where I need to be. It just helps to clear my head. And so I share all this with you because I invite you to really think about the ways that you can ease your stress and your tension, your time when the air is whipping around and things are spinning in your head, this season of vata. What are ways that you can calm your nervous system? that can get you out of that fight or flight time and back into that rest and digest. And sometimes it's really hard to do it alone. Guided meditation is my jam. I love to listen to someone that guides me through a meditation to incorporate some quiet music, to find that time of stillness and to find that sacred pause within, that time to listen and let my shoulders down. And I also really and also now enjoy doing that within community. And so my hope and my intention is that I'm going to drop some guided meditations for you on Mondays. And we can call it Meditation Mondays or a Mindful Monday. And this is a time when I'll throw out there a 10-minute guided meditation. So we can practice together on finding that sacred pause. And through that, oh, there he is. <laughs> and through that, then you can, we can do that together in community. And you could drop me a DM on Instagram and let me know how it goes. Um, if you'd like some support along the way. Because when we are together in community and working with one another, that is something that we all humans crave. We want to feel connected. And so if we can feel connected through that time of meditation, that is something that I'd love to offer as well. And in the meantime, and in that in-between time, when you're feeling a little off and need to come back to that root and need to come back to that center, maybe finding yourself in nature is a place that could help you just like it helped me. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. If this is something that resonated with you today, I'd love that you subscribe and follow along, maybe pass it along and share it with a friend. Because my hope is that we can come together as a collective where we might not feel so all alone and we can work on things that nourish our mind and our body and our spirit in healthy ways. So thanks again. And I appreciate you. See you soon.